This is the Leadership Forum. Consider if everybody did what you are doing, would the world be a better place? That's a principle for just checking whether what you are doing is correct. Welcome to the Leadership Forum, where we explore principles, practices, and perspectives of effective leadership. Amen. And we are back with the Leadership Forum right here. Top FM, listen and leave. My name is Grace Matisse and this is the Leadership Forum on Praise Junction Show. And allow me to invite uh, Dr. Ginda. You know leaders around the cruise. We've, 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 we've walked the journey through different people. What will be the focus? Which character are we focusing on today? Today we are talking about the women and it will be our last uh, session in this series. Uh, because Easter is quite far gone. <laughs> we need to focus on other things. But uh, we are looking at women, and, and particularly women around the cross. And um, their role is, is uh, better seen at the resurrection. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's what we are going to look at. Okay. And just see what kind of leadership attributes they brought into the whole uh, what can I say, this season of crisis in the Jesus uh, movement. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I remember the Jesus movement. So yeah. let's begin. <laughs> yes. So when we talk about the women, we are talking about these women who uh, played significant roles around Jesus' death and resurrection. We see them more particularly during the resurrection, but even before the, resu- uh, before the crucifixion, we see these women literally walking with Jesus to the cross. And, and they were wailing and weeping uh, for him, very, very uh, distraught because Jesus had had a great ministry, particularly among the women uh, and they were there wondering what what exactly is happening and they were crying and jesus turns to them and said don't weep for me yes. you know weep for yourselves mm-hmm. you know <laughs> because uh life is going to be much more difficult for you than for me as it were so they follow him and you find that the disciples the 12 are not mentioned much around the cross we see them last at the Garden of Gethsemane. Yes. After that, you don't hear about them other than Peter, Peter. and mm. John. Yes. Uh, John is right there at the crucifixion and Jesus looking at him while on the cross and trust the mother uh, to him. Uh, but you don't hear of the rest of the, of, of the disciples and you wonder where did they go? But these women who we are told that used to support him you know, in the ministry, are there with him uh, right to the cross. And after the resurrection, actually, they didn't know that there was going to be a resurrection. They, they, he had said it, but they are moved by compassion to just go and check how the body is. Yes. Because we need to uh, just appreciate that the burial of the time was not the same as our burial. You know, for us, you are put underground and, and soil poured over you and that's it. Completely so, closed. Completely closed, yeah. Mm. So there's nothing. But in, in, in the burial in the Jewish days of the culture of the time, the tomb rather than the grave, uh, the tomb is is uh is cut on a rock and it is it's it's almost like an, a mini mortuary as it were where mm. bodies are kept so it's not just one body but uh, people would have tombs where it could hold even several bodies in one grave in in one in one tomb so they would generally would go to check uh the body uh, and bomb it and just ensure it is, it is well pre- uh, preserved. So with the threats that were there, not very many people wanted to identify with Jesus to the extent that they would go to check on the body. Yes. Uh, but these women, uh, they dared to go. 
And so, according to the New Testament accounts, there was a, there were groups or a group of women who actually went to to the tomb to check on the body of Jesus at a time when very few people were ready or willing uh, to take that venture. So we find in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, uh, verse 1 to 8, we're not going to read it, but it tells us of Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, uh, who went to the tomb early on the first day uh, of the week, and they were the first to witness or see the empty tomb. Mm -hmm. So they actually found the tomb open and uh, the body was not there. So they were really kind of sh shocked. They, so they, they see this young man who tells them that actually Jesus is risen and that they should go and tell the disciples what has happened. You remember as they were going, they were wondering uh, who is going to remove, to move the, the stone, stone for us. Yes. But to their surprise, they go and they find that the stone is actually been moved and the tomb is empty and they go in and there's nobody. So that is the first group that we find uh, or uh, the first account that we find. Matthew in chapter 28 verse 1 to 10 talks about two Marys, you know, and again they become the first witnesses of this whole resurrection event. They also encounter an angel. Now, the, the other one too, says a young man. This one says an angel. Um, scholars believe that it is the same person because angels usually, uh, you know, in these days when we draw angels, they are with wings. <laughs> white ones. <laughs> with white, <laughs> yeah. white wings and yeah. so on. No, but angels used to look just like people. So that uh, when you see in people's encounter with angels in the Bible, people don't immediately recognize that this is an angel. Yes. It's just another person. You see uh, visiting Manoah, visiting Abraham, uh, Joshua when he was in on the battlefield and so on. They're just people. So it is possible that the, the, the account is actually talking about the same people, the same person, and in one account is called a young man, in another account is called an angel. But whatever the case, is the same thing uh, that uh, Matthew records that this angel appears and tells these uh, women that uh, Jesus is risen. You go and tell the disciples that this is what has happened. Now, Luke also records the same uh, account. Now, Luke, as you know, was more thorough in his recording. Yes. Because he was not a first account witness of the events of Jesus Christ. He was a chronicler. What's that? Break it down. Chronicler. Chronicler. <laughs> chronicler, like, um, like a person who is doing research. Mm, following events. Following events. After they have happened. Okay. Yes. After they have happened. Especially in the book of Luke. In the book of Acts, he's part of the action. But in the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, he is coming after. And he does his research to find out what actually happened. happened. And he says from at the opening of his letter that he wants to give an accurate account and uh, a, a systematic account of what actually happened with the story of Jesus. So that means, therefore, that Luke goes out to gather information and put it together in a more logical manner, uh, in a way that makes sense. And you find, therefore, Luke follows things almost in a chronological way and gives details that may not be found in other in other accounts yes. because he has done his research and mm. he was a medical doctor so he he knew what he was doing so in his account he mentions this group of women and he talks about mary magdalene mary mother of james joanna uh and others who went to the tomb on on uh sunday morning and found that the stone had been rolled away and then now he talks about them seeing two men, I know, 
uh, in dazzling clothes. So now we have one man, we have one angel, we have two men. Yes, in uh, dazzling clothes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, and, and it tells them that Jesus is risen. Yeah. He is not here. Go and tell the disciples that this is what has happened. Finally, we find John. He also gives his account. Interestingly, him, he focuses on Mary Magdalene uh, as the one who went to the tomb and uh, she found an empty tomb and encountered Jesus himself. Mm. This is now a totally different account. Uh, record because yes. now Magdalene is met by Jesus himself and uh, he tries to she tries to touch him and of course says don't touch me and so on but these women uh, no matter how many they were and, and what kind of encounters they had give us a highlight of a very critical role that these women played at a time of crisis. Remember, this is a time of crisis for yes. the Jesus movement. Yes. Uh, because Jesus came, started this movement, uh, which seemed to be growing very fast. Uh, it's a very positive movement that is bringing a lot of change and transformation in society. And they are thinking that it is go he is going to set up a kingdom when mm. they finally accept and believe that he is a son of God, the Messiah that was promised, their hope is that this is it. Uh, our slavery, our oppression is over. Finally, we have a king who will fight for us and establish a kingdom in Israel. Uh, but it, it doesn't happen. So yes. he is captured, he's crucified, he's dead, he's gone. And it's a crisis in the situation. These women come up with a totally new story of a risen Christ. And they are the first to break this news uh, to the disciples and to others. Now, when you look at how they res responded to their accounts, you know, whether it is the man at the tomb, whether it is the two men, whether it is uh, the angel, whether it is Jesus himself, when you read the stories and the response of the women to this, it is very interesting that there is no shadow of doubt in their minds that what they have heard is true. Yeah. That is very unique because whereas Jesus had said that he was going to arise from the dead, not many people believed that it would happen. And it was not an easy thing to believe that it would happen. There are many people who struggle with it even up to today. Mm -hmm. uh, many people don't believe that Jesus actually resurrected. Uh, these are stories we are rec that is recorded in the Bible of people who said his body had been stolen. So, but you find these women, they don't ask how or why or how come, is it really true? They just hear it and they believe it. Yeah. And they run with it. So this is where now we come to, uh, I, I think so far I have just preached. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone almost said amen. <laughs> and you said amen. Yes. But now we come to uh, looking at this from a leadership perspective. Yes. What kind of people are these and what made them to so easily buy into this idea uh, it, it falls within a theory leadership theory that we call the diffusion of innovation theory diffusion of innovation theory was developed by one Everett Rogers and what this theory says is that when there is a new idea within an organization, within a team, when somebody comes up with a new idea that uh, seems sometimes even outlandish, you know, like mm. this will not work, <laughs> not this possible. cannot be true, this is mm. not possible. Mm. 
different people respond differently. And uh, what Everett says is that there are five different categories of how people respond yes. uh, to new ideas, innovative ideas, creative ideas, outlandish ideas, you know, mm -hmm. uh, things that look impossible or things that look too good to be true. How do people respond to this? And this is what, uh, uh, how I would want to bring these women into this whole conversation on how they responded uh, to the Jesus story mm -hmm. from his death to his resurrection. Yes. Now, just as a way of introduction, there are five, according to Everett, five different responses that we'll find uh, when a new idea a new product, a new innovation comes to be. Uh, the, the, the first group are called innovators. Innovators sometimes are the ones who actually come up with the idea. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. they are the ones who uh, come up with this new idea of a different way of doing things. And many times people almost think impossible. No, it can't happen. That's not possible. It can't work. Uh, and all kinds of things. Those people whose mind have a mental block, you know. Uh, but the innovators are saying, this can work, you know. Yes. This is a good idea. This is another way of looking at things. And so uh, I, I look at the, the innovators. They are generally referred to as risk takers. You know, they are risk takers. They are eager to try new ideas. They are eager to go in a different direction from what people are generally used to. They are not, they are not afraid to fail, but they are willing to discover. Mm. So they will leave the crowd and go and look for other ways of doing things. Yes. Uh, they are not settled on the way things are happening. And when I look at the women, this is what I see. Jesus is dead. Jesus is buried. His disciples are nowhere to be seen. Mm. But these women are willing to take the risk. Remember the, 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 the Sanhedrin and the Roman uh, government were not keen at all on this idea of resurrection. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> because Jesus coming back was, was going to be a threat to to them. Yes. Because he, he he did such havoc in their in their view, mm -hmm. both to the religion and to the government, that they would not want him back again because if you kill us if you kill someone and he comes back to life what else can you do <laughs> nothing. <laughs> there's nothing you can do yes. so i'm just thinking that in their minds if jesus were to rise again this would be terrible for them because the only thing you do with your worst enemies kill them and then they are done you're finished then you can move on with your life but jesus say i'm going to rise again mm. so it is such a threat, and they really wanted to ensure that that does not happen. That's why they sealed the tomb. They put soldiers there to guard it. They made sure that anything and everything that could be done was done to make sure that Jesus does not come back to life. Any person who is attempting to sh show or say that Jesus is alive was doing so at their own risk. But these women are willing to take that risk. Yeah. They are willing to go with this idea that Jesus could rise. He said he would rise. But let's go and check. In any case, even if it's not risen, we can go and bomb the body. Yeah. You know, take care of the body like it's done by for every other dead person. So I see that innovation, innovative mind in these women, uh, willingness to take that risk, willingness to go into a space where 
the men were not uh, ready to get into. And uh, at their own risk, there they were. Mm. So when I think of the resurrection, which was a very, uh, what can I say, not foreign, but very uh, different kind of idea in this concept, uh, con uh, context, these women seemed to have bought into it. When Jesus was talking about, I will rise again. I will rise again. They bought into it and they went for it. And this is uh, an, an attitude that if you have these kinds of people in your team as a leader, uh, you have a good team. Mm. Men and women who are ready to buy into new ideas, mm. uh, different ways of doing things. Uh, they're not saying that can't work, that can't happen. Impossible. You know, impossible. Mm. Try that before. <laughs> Stick to the box. <laughs> Stick to the box. <laughs> no out of the box thinking. Yeah. So I place these women in that category uh, in terms of the uh, the groups of adapters mm. as given to us by Everett in, in uh, this theory. Okay. And if you have any question or comment, please engage with us. Our WhatsApp line is 0717-400-555. That is 0717-400-555. You can also talk to us uh, via our social media handles at Hope FM Live at Hope TV Kenya. We'll be getting to your questions and comments. And of course, remember our question of the day uh, segment. I'll be sampling any question you have regarding matters leadership that you need wisdom on from Dr. Ginde. I'll be uh, sampling that and of course, asking him to share with us uh, wisdom around that. We are still talking about leaders around the cross. Today, our focus is on women. And before we went on break, Bishop, we were talking, uh, you know, you mentioned innovation, that these women, you know, who are around Christ's crucifixion and resurrection were innovative. We still had four more to go. You want to add something or we proceed on with the other one? Oh, okay. Um, to add where? On, on, the, or you on the innovation, yes. No, we'll come back to it. Okay, let's go. Yes, yes. but uh, we go to to uh, the second in in our list, the group that uh, Barrett talks about. The second group is normally called the early adopters. The early adopters. Mm. Now, when these women took the word. To to the disciples, yes, there were people who said you are crazy. You know, they they just didn't believe. But there are others who were nonchalant. I mean, they they were not bothered as it were, because it sounded too good to be true uh, for them. Early adopters, according to Eret, who came up with these theories, it says that these are the the group, when they hear of a new idea, they don't react immediately. They ponder it, they process it, mm. but then they get on board. You know, they are not innovators. The innovators are the ones who come up with the idea. But now the early adopters hear about this new innovation and they want to try it out. Will they say, let me sleep over it, I'll give you feedback? <laughs> they, 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 they don't sleep too long. Okay. Because you see, innovators are the ones who come up with the idea. Yes. So they come up with the idea, like, just like these women, they come up with the idea, they buy this idea of resurrection. They are told, go and tell the disciples. So they go and tell the disciples. The disciples hear, and they are all hearing the report. Yes. yes. But... They are early adopters, people who believe it. This could be true. You know, they are not the originators of the idea, but they are believing in the idea. But they want to go and try it out. Mm. That is the early adopters. They buy into the idea, still some doubt, but they want to try it out. Yes. Let me use the phones, for example. Okay. You know, there, there, there are people who, when they hear a new phone uh, version is coming out, yes, they go out there and buy it without thinking. Without, they, they just know that now uh, this new version has come. 
Samsung 23, uh, iPhone 18, you know, uh, they just go and buy. They don't even bother with what are the new features. Mm. <laughs> what uh, They just go and buy it. Yes. They are quick to adopt it. Now, the innovators are the ones who came up with the idea that we can create a new version. Uh, but these early adopters are people who buy into an idea. So they don't wait too long. They will find out as they go. Some people get disappointed. Oh, it mm. is just the same as the previous one. They have just adjusted <laughs> one or two things. Yes. But they already bought. Yes. <laughs> do know? they go back when they feel disappointed? Where do you go back and you're paid for it? Okay. Goods once sold are not, not returnable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, so they just buy, but they are happy that they have the latest version of the phone or of yes. the car or of the whatever, mm -hmm. you know, or the latest fashion. You know, when it, it comes out, there are people who just get into it. And it happens the same way in organizations. A new idea is brought. Uh, there are people who are still thinking, will this work? Uh, how, what the implications and so on. But they are the early adopters. They hear and it sounds good. And they say, I'm in. They will discover along the way whether this was a good idea or, or not. not a good idea. Yes. They, so there's a sense in which they also have some level of risk taking. Mm. And here we find Peter and John. When they hear that Jesus is risen, they take off running. Yes. You know? And they run to the tomb to confirm for themselves that indeed what has been said you know, they are not bothered that these women could be wrong and the soldiers could be there. Peter, who was so uh, afraid, suddenly has this new impetus and he doesn't care what happens. If Jesus is risen, I'm going to see. Yes, <laughs> you yes, know? Yes. So he goes, uh, they, they go out there and they, they run to see the early adopters. They, they get this information from the women. And again, going back to the women, they did not just believe, but they were willing to go and share. Mm. You know, to go and tell others that this thing is true. This is what we have been told. And they didn't bother to find out who these men who are telling them were. They believed it, but they were willing to go and tell. This become in 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 uh, organizations with this, something we call loyal boosterism. I think we talked yes, about we it. Yes, talked about it. Back. Yes, we were talking about who? Let me remember. This is Peter and John. Mm. Uh, whoever. No, yes. But we talk about people who are quick to sell the organization. They just joined the organization mm. the other day, and you meet them, and they are telling you how wonderful this new place I'm working in is. You know. The people are like this, you know, this is our this is our products, these are our services, they speak well. Early adopters are in that same group. Yeah. They will sell you the product even before they have fully experienced it. And and the these women were also in that innovation stage. Uh they are willing to sell it out and to say this is what is happening. And Peter uh, these disciples who run out to go and see, they become the first believers yes. of the resurrection. Mm. They first, they are the early adopters. They, they are generally, these people are very deliberate about their decision making, but they don't linger in the paralysis of analysis, which you are going mm. to see in a short while. Yes. They don't turn it over. So how did it happen? who removed the stone, that stone was guarded, that tomb was so guarded, and so on and so forth. How could it happen? You know, those fact-finding questions that many of us are keen to ask, you know, they, they just go and there they are. Um, they Because of that quick decision-making, of course, it has its own risks, um, because suppose you are wrong. Mm. But they say in, in business that the higher the risk, 
better the returns the greater the returns yeah. <laughs> so you find that risk takers normally get get uh, better returns even in fake products or fake services and so on so you find even in say pyramid schemes it is the early adopters uh, who actually benefit from it even if it is wrong but by the time it is being discovered that it was wrong they have made their money they are gone, gone. <laughs> <laughs> they are gone yes these are the people who do well in stock market mm. they 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 take the risk and put in their money and it is done uh, a new company organization comes up they are ready to buy their products and they try them out by the time people are discovering that this may not be as good they have already gone gone, gone. they have made their money they have made their yes. so early adopters are like that and in organizations you need those kinds of people in your team who can believe in you quickly and in your vision who can buy into your vision these are the people who will support you and they will mm -hmm. tell you and say sir or madam you know we are with you on this one i will hear what you are saying yeah while others are still pondering it in their minds they they are ready they are saying we are ready to go mm. just tell us what you need to be done uh we will do it you know yes the next group is called the early majority these people are skeptical cautious uh they wait for things to firm up but they eventually join when they have found the facts mm. and i would say the rest of the disciples were in that category it's when jesus appeared to them after all this has happened because peter and john they come back and say yeah indeed the tomb is empty but these people are still like okay it is really true and then jesus appears and they're like Oh, oh it is it is true <laughs> it is true mm. he he is uh he's actually risen so the majority of us fall in this group we, i agree you agree <laughs> that's why they are called early majority yes they fall in this group yeah. they many of us we wait until the train starts moving you know the matatu people know, and the bus people know how to do this yes they rev the engine and put in fake passengers <laughs> you know because you want to see that the bus is full before yeah, you get, get in. in so they if you go to uh, in Nairobi what we call the Machakos bus stop you find buses that are full matatus that are full going to Nakuru going to Njoro going to Nyeri Kisumu and you, you you get in and you say this is full when you get in they keep coming out one and, out and, out. and you remain alone and you remain alone <laughs> <laughs> well they don't quite leave you alone they they keep waiting another person comes oh unataka kuingia you want to come in one person comes out and say you can take my seat you know and so you this bus that you thought was full actually was empty yes yeah, but because the majority of us fall in that category where we want a full bus before we join that's the psychology they use so early majority are in that group they want to analyze they want to see the early adopters have they succeeded mm. is this thing really good when a new equipment comes a new model of uh, some device comes up we want to find out so how is it working what what are the dif what is the difference between this one and the old one so when they get to learn that it is good then now they they join so the majority of the disciples fell in that group and the majority of us fall in that group so we as leaders need to realize that not everybody will buy into our ideas readily there will be a few quick early adopters and some innovators yes who will buy in immediately they listen to you and say i like what i'm hearing and they are ready to start off with you the majority are sitting back to wait and see 
they are there with you. They may even show like they're excited, but they are very skeptical. Mm. When they come from the town hall meeting of all your staff, they are talking, yeah, I heard, but I, I'm not sure that this is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> but when they see things beginning to move, yes. they join in. And they, by that time, of course, they are joining into something that they are working. Okay. So most likely they get influenced by their peers. Let's get on board. Uh, this thing doesn't sound as bad as looks let's let's try give it a try and and so on that's when this majority will come in yes so if you are drawing a curve they are in the middle mm. you know if a, if you do a bell curve which you yes. uh, we, we can't quite see on radio but like uh, an uh, inverted yes view. so if you divide that bell curve right in the middle so on the left side will be the early majority as the curve the curve it starts from the bottom we where is the very innovators then you get the uh the the early adopters and then the ma early majority uh bringing it right to the peak yes. and then the peak now begins to go down the late majority mm. this one doesn't sound good <laughs> it is, but it's there. It's the reality. It's, it's the reality. The yes. late majority are the people who wait until things actually work. Until you hear mm, there's some success. Then they say, this thing seems to be working. <laughs> it actually seems to be working. <laughs> So oh they, they join in at that point. And yes. it's a big number normally yes. because they have been observing from a distance and it's a big number. Now, in the disciples group, we may not necessarily... They are, they are both the early and late yes. majority in, in right there. But usually you'll find this in your team. People who will wait until things are working. And I can tell you in my leadership journey, I have seen it. Whether it was the bishop coming up with a new idea, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there were always those few who said, Bishop, we are with you on this one. I yes. think this is a great idea. Uh, let's go with it. Then there are those people who wait, it happens, and, and, and this talk about this thing is likely to work. It's, it sounds like a good idea. They join in. But there are those people who wait until they see it working. Mm. Then now they join. And I can tell you examples of my experience as a leader, as bishop, mm. of many examples of initiatives we started in, in church. And we had mm. this bell curve. I'm tempted to ask, give me one. <laughs> Why are you tempted to ask? <laughs> okay, give me one. <laughs> to bring the example home. <laughs> For example, when we were starting, uh, we, we introduced a program called uh, The Safari, which, which, yes, which you're aware of. The Discipleship Journey. The Discipleship Program. Yes. It was not easy. And we had to start first. We started with our past senior pastors. We had to go to the pastors then we went to our leaders, the deacons and elders. Then we went to all the HODs, you know, all the leaders in the church. And these are cross -item. Yes. And I still remember the meeting with the HODs, the heads of departments from across the church. And yes. we met uh, here at uh, the, the uh, GMC, you know, the uh, Dennis White. You yes. are there? No, 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 no. You are not there. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a stormy meeting mm -hmm. because there were these groups, those who did felt this cannot work, those who are totally opposed, and those who felt this is the best thing that will happen to Sitam, you know? Yes. And, and there's a group that waited until the thing was launched. When we sent it to the assemblies, there were skeptics and so on. But when it started, uh, there are many people who came and said, 
this thing is good, you know. <laughs> this thing is working. After interacting with the material, After interacting with the material feedback from the congregation. Yes. So the the uh, and that can be said as I said I have many examples but that's one I can give you. Yes. And and you have all those five groups uh in that process. So what should a leader do especially to the late majority? Because I'm thinking you you're supposed to move. Um you've given yourself timeline. I desire to accomplish this project allow me to call it that way. Yeah. Uh in 6 months time. But by month 5 and a half you still have Late majorities hanging in there. What should a leader do? Uh, that's that's where we we this, uh, we talk about selling a vision because we say vision is never shared. Mm -mm. You don't share your vision. No. You sell the your vision. vision. So how well you sell your vision will determine how late this late majority come on board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the most important thing to remember is exactly what we are talking about. That not everybody will come on board at the same time. So when you, you, you because as a leader you come up with this innovative new idea of how things should happen and usually you reflect over it, you, if you are a Christian, you pray over it, uh, you, you work it out in your mind, you bounce it off some friends uh, to give you what they think, uh, and, and you really shape it. So by the time you are coming now to share with your team, you are convinced in your heart that this is the direction we need to go. Yes. Now, what many leaders don't realize, if you are not aware of this a bell curve of adoption, sometimes people get very disappointed because you are sold out to your vision. You are sold out to what is going to happen. And you think that when you sell it, everybody will, will just buy. say, Amen. You know? Adopt us. Let's move. Thank that, you, that, Lord. That's where, that's where the group will be. No. Yes. So consciousness that you will have this group uh, at different groups within the, the the whole system helps you then to uh, moderate your expectations. Yes. So if you have the early adopters as a huge group, you should be happy. Yeah, mm. it is not the usual. Yes. Yeah. So you can have a skewed curve where it is majority is on the left, where they, you have quite a good number who buy in right at the beginning. But you'll always still have uh, a, a late majority uh, somewhere. Okay. You know? So the curve may be shifted to the, skewed to the left, or it could be skewed to the right, you know, where uh, the majority of the people don't buy into your thing at the, <laughs> at the very beginning, but they keep getting on board slowly by slowly. Mm. So really, it depends on how you sell the vision. vision. Because mm. People buy into vision. It is going to cost them something. They are leaving something in order for them to get into something. Like the example I gave of the safari. Yes. Uh, what you are telling our members, not our members, but our leaders, yes. is that this will require restructuring of how we do ministry so that we can prioritize discipleship. Ah. And... People who are already in a working system, they're like, no, <laughs> we are not going to leave what we are doing uh, in order for us to uh, get into this. Mm -hmm. And so they were very reluctant to make those adjustments. So for one to get on board, it means they are sacrificing something that they already know for something that is new mm. and tested and tried. We don't know whether it will succeed. So that's why vision is sold and vision is bought. Okay. Uh, and you just need to be aware of that as a leader. Mm. Yes. I think that's a big challenge to every leader. Be aware that you'll... you'll not get, everybody Not will everybody will buy in. No. Keep selling. Keep selling. Keep selling. <laughs> while you are, keep selling. <laughs> and in the first sale, yes. sell it well. Ah, it's like a peach. 
It's a peach. It's a peach. Peach yes. well. Peach well. Don't be confused. <laughs> peach well. Okay. Then we have the final group. Yes. This final group are called the laggards. The laggards are they very skeptical to change. They have to do their analysis. And sometimes they get caught up what I meant on, in what I mentioned earlier in the paralysis of analysis. analysis. Because they are risk averse. The last thing they want is anything called failure. Hmm. That I invested my money and it got lost. That they will kill themselves. That I joined this group and it turned out to be a cult. They will kill themselves. So these are people you'll not find them in cults, you'll not find them in pyramid schemes, you'll not find them in not all those uh, things that catch many people yeah. because they are very cautious, cautious, very cautious, which is a good thing. But that's how they also miss opportunities. opportunities you know? Yeah. So you can sell them a good thing and they are like, hey, it seems sounds too good to be true. I am, have you considered, have you taken into account what about if, you know, and they keep asking questions. They will wait until the whole thing is visibly successful before they join. So these ones can be left behind. Then, I'm thinking. These people will be left, left behind. behind. The leader will move with those who are ready yes. and, and, and wait. So I think of Thomas. Oh yeah. In the in the group. Yes. You know the these people have the women have come have told the story. Uh, the disciples who went to the tomb have come back have told the story. But Thomas is saying until mm -mm, I touch, I touch. <laughs> I, touch. <laughs> I will not believe. Even when Jesus is there, he still doesn't believe. Yeah. Unless I touch. And Jesus has to show him mm. and say, touch. touch. So these people, unless they touch, oh my. <laughs> they are not joining <laughs> mm. uh, any, any, any idea. And mm. I must say that where the world is moving to, this category of people are going to find it very difficult. If, if this is your disposition uh, as a person, you're going to find life in the 21st and going century very difficult because yeah. life is going to be moving, it's already moving yes. very fast. Yeah. While you're waiting for technology to be tested and tried, it has already been abandoned. We are moving into a new one. These are people who are still on Kabambe, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because those things of touching, touching me, I don't like them. Uh. You know? <laughs> yeah. They they don't adopt to to technology. They don't adopt to new ideas, you know. They they are always suspicious. There's something, you know. Mm. These are the people who I'm sure were not vaccinated. <laughs> Vaccine was uh, from hell. It was from hell, you yeah. know. While I've been vaccinated, I think three times. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So they are very suspicious. It is good because these people will not get in, like I said, you get into wrong. Um, they don't make decisions that will put them into wrong places, wrong investments. Uh, cults and all those kinds of they are too cautious to get themselves there. If they do, it's by chance because they do their background check, they they do their due diligence. Mm. They, you know, it's only when things are working that they join. But that's how they also miss the train because while you are doing your due diligence, the train is left. Yeah, you 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 find that you are gone. So that's why I'm saying that. Uh, in where the world is going, especially for leaders, you cannot afford to be a laggard. Yeah. The women are at the other end of the bell curve. Thomas was at the other end of the bell curve. The women were on the left side of the bell curve where it all begins. Thomas was at the right hand of the bell curve where it all ends. ends. 
when he has touched and believed he's he is factual he is <laughs> he doesn't want this thing of just believe yes unless i touch by the way these people don't get saved easily they laggards they, they don't they they they'll ask you all questions they ask even some ridiculous have you, has anybody ever gone to heaven and come back come back to as an example another? yes <laughs> <laughs> you know oh my. they are like that guy who the rich man who went to heaven and finally found that actually heaven is true it's yes. real yes so he's now saying send some people to tell my brothers that this thing is real but jesus told him no the brothers have your brothers have the law and the prophets let them believe so those are the five five categories uh of of adopters in of new ideas and innovation yeah yeah okay Ah, yeah. I hope you're so searching. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a leader, mm, mm, where are you and where is your team? We have to call it a day there. We have a minute to go, Bishop, and we'd love to give you an opportunity to pray for us. You know, today has been very heavy, and you're leaving leaders and followers uh, soul-searching <laughs> where we are. Would you pray for us in the village? I thought this was very light. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for giving us opportunity this morning and afternoon to just look at uh, these matters to do with leadership. We are in that space, Lord, especially for Christians in the church where the church is on the cross. We are being crucified left, right, and center on things that we done and not done. I pray that you give us wisdom on how to navigate this terrain and let your light shine in the midst of this darkness. And even as leaders, Lord, sometimes we find ourselves in places where we need to take steps and we are not seeing people following what we are saying. Help us to learn that not everybody would come on board at the same time, but we can sell them the vision and help them to come on board as we go along. This is our prayer, which we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning into the Leadership Forum. The Leadership Forum. Discussing leaders and followers.